Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are delighted to have partnered with NordVPN again for this season. We partnered with them last year and they are, of course, a supporter of Rangers FC as an official sponsor there. And best of all, we can give you an exclusive NordVPN deal. If you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand, you will get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and one additional month for free, completely risk-free. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee with Nord. And look, I use this product. I would highly recommend it. I used to work in web, so I know how easy it is to steal people's data, especially if you're using a a Wi-Fi system that that is a shared one or you're using uh, 4 or 5G, then your details can be out there. With NordVPN, they're absolutely not. And there are other advantages to it as well. Um, You can watch sporting events that maybe aren't being shown in your region. Um, You can purchase flights from different virtual locations and they do make your flights cheaper. This is very, very useful. What a price is in the UK isn't the same as what a price is in America or a price is on the continent. Um, NordVPN can save you money um, you can buy purchasing subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price uh, and you protect your data while travelling and using public Wi-Fi I keep coming back to that anyone who's at the hassle of a cancelled card will know what I'm talking about so all you need to do is go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand and you'll get a huge discount off your plan and one month additional free completely risk free I urge you to do it <laughs> Hello and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra. I'm your host, Adam Thornton, and welcome to our second free show of the week. Joining me tonight, we have David Edgar. Hello. Hello, everyone. Yes, uh, thank you very much for everyone tuning in. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who's listening to this when it's the audio-only pod. It's nice to be here with uh, my two compadres and looking forward to chatting all things Rangers. Absolutely. And also joining us, we have Martin Ramsey. Martin, how are you doing? Very well, Adam. Good evening, Adam. Good evening, David. Good evening, listeners. And yes, another busy week in the world of the Bears. I managed to get an intro in without being on mute, which is a bonus uh, after <laughs> last week. So we'll take that. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, I'm sure you'll get comments about how annoying it is dancing about. I've actually got sciatica at the minute, so I can't sit. Um, so I'm having to stand and I have to move quite a bit. So Apologies if, if that is... Welcome to my world, son. Welcome oh, now. You're, that's middle-aged, right? You're not middle-aged unless you're interested in World War II or have back pain. <laughs> yeah. And or now that you're both yeah. of these, or barbecues, which you do like, yeah, which you, yep. you are into. So no, that's all good. And uh, yeah, thank you to everyone about my sound. Apparently you didn't like my gaming headset, so I've got the big fancy mic out now. And it has the advantage of blocking my face, which uh, I quite like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, David, I'm going to kick off with an apology to yourself, if that's okay. Um, sure. Obviously, obviously, I've got sciatica. Um, most of the European games, I've been in press box with you. Um, most of them have won. Um, don't want to say who was there in Tuesday night, because that's unfair, but 
unfortunately we got a draw. So I'd just like to apologise to mm. you and to everyone for not being able to make it. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, because we took Jinxy Mc, McJinxter uh, into the press box there. Uh, and then Sorry, was just I about... was there yeah. at Sparta Prague <laughs> when everything turned around and I was there at Braga when we were in trouble. And Adam, while you're on talking about Jinxies in the press box, I've never done an old firm game. Do you want to share? Oh. <laughs> when our season went to shit. I think we were um, in the shit there, were would, they not? Would anyone like to hear what happened when it was just me in the stadium when Rangers <laughs> won 19, or 19 home matches and only conceded four goals? Uh, like, yeah. I, 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 the game actually reminded me, Adam, of that Borussia Dortmund match uh, at Ibrox, the, the, the second leg. Oh, yep. uh, Craig, you're very welcome. Uh, absolute pleasure. Um, but, yeah, I... I, I I thought it was similar. Obviously, we don't have a 4-2 advantage and it wasn't the second yeah. leg, but it was a top, top class side coming to Ibrox. You could see that they were quality. They are quality. And I thought that we competed really well against them. I will never, ever be content with a Rangers team that loses two goals from set pieces in one match. That's not good enough. That can't happen. Um, overall, I thought it was a decent performance. Yes, got a bit lucky with the second goal. I would argue that they got lucky that Rangers didn't bother defending for the, their second goal. But overall, I, you know, I have a friend who, who is a neutral in this regard. He's English. Uh, and he said that was a cracking game of football. That was a genuinely high standard game of football. I'd rather have had a really boring Mistake, yeah. error, error strewn 2 0 victory for Rangers, of course. But uh, I think it shows you again that we can compete against pretty much anybody, especially at Ibrox on, a, on our home turf. We are a formidable opponent. Now, of course, what we have to do is go and, and reverse a, a recent trend. I uh, know, Adam, you're a great believer in it doesn't matter how you get the result or where you get the result, so long as over two matches you do, uh, which I know you'll come to yourself. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think it would be a miracle for us to go to PSV and get a result. I think it'll be difficult, but I don't think we're talking, you know, in the realms of getting down on our knees and praying for some divine inspiration. I think we're capable. Yeah, it's interesting. My, my mood has changed on it quite a bit since the game. Martin, I always, we always talk about... Um, how I, I get in the moment quite a bit of the game and the kind of tackle analysis tends to go out the window. I have a think about it um, after the game more. Um, but during that first half, it felt like... I felt like we were quite good. Um, I felt like we were really good, actually. Uh, in terms of... Particularly in terms of playing the ball out, uh, I felt like Sangari and Veerman, who there was a lot of chat about, I thought Davis and Lundstrom and Lawrence and Tillman sort of managed to box them in in a little four. We were getting a decent amount of joy. Now, we weren't creating lots of chances. PSV were still pretty good as well. But I would have said, as with Van Nistelrooy and a few others have said, that, that we probably edged that first half in terms of quality. So... What David's saying there, I think it was probably a great game for a neutral because there was one good team in the first half, there was one good team in the second half, lots of goals, a couple of mistakes, um, lots of high entertainment for the first leg. But in that first half, I got to half time and I thought, quite positive here actually, because they're a pretty good team, they knock it about well. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. And you're right, I, I don't think Vanessa Roy was doing that thing that the opposition manager sometimes do is a wee bit patronising and blowing smoke up the arse of the you know, most of the, the, the media guys that are assembled there and, you know, 
I mean, they go to Finland or San Marino and say, no, your, your team were, gave us a, a really good run in that, that 5-0 um, victory that yeah. we've just had. We were um, creating them problems and we were creating them problems through build-up, which is something that, that you've been concerned about in, in new, recent weeks. Having, not an obvious pattern of play and... I gave I gave the players maybe an out the fact that you get a lot of combinations, a lot of chemistry to build because there's so many new guys there. Um, but we we did, and there's two takeaways I guess from from um, Tuesday night. One is maybe a more long term thing. If we were looking ahead to to the, to the season of the European season, we can have another. It's very very possible that we can have another extended run in Europe because we've gone. Toe to toe, as you said, yep, they they were the better team in the, the second half. But we we yet again were able to um, play football, um, match a very good opponent, not just hope for something. Not no. I, mean, I said on the the, the, the very immediate post match that David and I did that that first Rangers goal is as good a Rangers goal as I've seen in Europe since possibly Rod Wallace over yeah. 20, 20 years ago. Um, so we we were capable of doing that kind of thing. The other takeaway, where we're going to obviously talk about where it leaves us in the tie, is that you know we would have much preferred a, a healthy lead if we'd got that that fourth goal in the game. A three-one victory would have been um, a, a far better kind of situation um, to, to to be in. So they are the favourites. We're not out of it. We're not, as David said, we're not looking for divine in, uh, intervention. Um, but you know, PSV will be rightly so. Um, the favourites get into that game, but. The the longer term takeaway is again this this Rangers team can cope they can they can manage with um you know very good opposition which hasn't David, always been the case sorry Adam but we, we've we've discussed well, this before you know and and maybe especially for people my generation um that that uh, to see us going in again against teams who are quality right and look we know that there's the top tier in Europe right uh, and look the PSV or us get into the Champions League there's every chance a pot one team could give us a doing. Um, I recall yeah. Liverpool putting six by Porto in the quarterfinals one year. I mean, it can happen. But I think for where we are financially, etc., I think that we are punching right now. I think that we are doing ourselves proud. would like to see us do ourselves really proudly next week. But, you know, if we were to go into the EL again, um, I would I would fancy us for a right good crack at it again. I really would. I think it's funny, isn't it? Because we... We almost take the the record for granted, don't we? After a couple of yeah. years now, and we think, well, we should beat X, we should beat Y, but financially, we're still way off. Like you said, we're probably I don't even think we're a top Europa League team. I wouldn't have done those those not those maths, no. but in terms of the finance, so uh, being on that borderline, we are still punching absolutely. David, there's a, quite a few comments coming in about Sands and Davis in particular. Um, this yeah. is one that I can't get my head around around the, the whole Sands thing. Um, Simon Mika said, why does the whole stadium get nervous when the ball goes to Sands? He's pretty solid to me. Now, this is quite similar to, to John before the start of this season. I can't really remember a mistake that, that Sands has, has made. Like There hasn't been a big error, certainly not one leading to, um, leading to a goal. But for some reason, opinion is always divided after the game. Some people will say, I thought he was pretty good. Some people will say, oh, not too sure. Is this just one of these players that, that people maybe have a feeling about and it takes something ridiculous a la Bassey or Lundstrom returns to forum before everybody says, yeah, actually, I agree? Because I thought he was pretty good, on certainly in the first half on Tuesday night, the way that he strode out with the ball, really purposeful. Issues in the air, which maybe people will see and think, I'm not really that keen on that. I don't think, I think it was like one out of three 
Headed Julesy one or something like that. So that's a bit of an issue. But what do you think it is? Why do you think we get into these kind of situations with players where people just aren't sure based on a feeling rather than what they're seeing? Well, we all have our individual biases and preferences in players. So there will be types of players that you like and a skill set that you gravitate to. And there will be a skill set that you don't particularly like and you don't gravitate to. And I think the great example is always modern fullbacks. You, Adam, are very much... Um, someone who loves a good attacking fullback, not too concerned really about the, the defensive side of the game, or rather can live with, perhaps, maybe that not being the strongest. Other yeah. people are are very much people who like the traditional, defend, I'm not bothered if I see you over the halfway line. So there's that. Secondly, there's the Scottish thing that's always there of, I said he was this a few weeks ago, uh, yeah, good or bad, and I'm going to double down and stick to that because for some reason, if I ever say, even though I've got more evidence now that I've changed my mind, that's somehow a, a sign of weakness. So mm. that happens too. In terms of the passing thing that you mentioned, firstly, he did have a few loose passes against USG the week before. It was probably the only thing that spoiled an otherwise pretty decent performance from him in that match. I thought. It didn't spoil, but it was the, the, the negative part of it. Um, and completely no pressure at the time as well. So that hangs about in people's mind. The other thing I would say is that we were playing a side whose press was terrific. And that means that... It, we, as fans, we can be very demanding. On the one hand, we're saying, you get right, we don't want this safe passing. See when it goes goalkeeper, centre-back, centre-back, goalkeeper. We don't want that. But then we also don't want them to try anything that's a wee bit risky because we'll get nervous about it. And you can't have both. Against a side like PSG, uh, PSG, I mean, maybe even better. Against a side <laughs> like PSV even, uh, it's amazing how conditioned you are into saying certain phrases, isn't it? I know. Um, but against a side like PSV, whose press was excellent, organised uh, and well done, and they went together, and they went at the same time, if you don't try to play, there's no easy pass. So you're not going to be able to get forward if you're just playing the the safe ball, and, and which we as a stadium will, I think, quite rightly say, you're not showing any ball here, lad. You've got to try... So it's a risk-reward thing. And what that means, incidentally, is over the season against a good time like that, the chances are at one point John McLaughlin will give away a goal by a misplaced pass. The chances are a defender will do that at some point. You have to accept that. But the alternative to that is that you do just play the safe pass, the safe pass, the safe pass, and you can't get out because that side will just continually swarm you and swarm you. So if you look at when Rangers are at the best in Europe, and an example of that was the, the first goal the other night, it's when we are braver, when we move the ball very quickly, and when we accept that we're going to have to take slight risks. I mean, obviously, I'm not suggesting that you do what David De Gea did at the weekend for Manchester United and you pass the ball straight to someone who's got a man um, right up his backside. But I think that you do have to balance between the two. Also with Sands, I think there is a perception that he's a midfielder playing at centre-back. And yep. immediately that gets people's um, warning. I think he's been fine. Um, I, I still think he's a midfielder, first and foremost, incidentally. I I, I don't mind him at centre-back, but I, I don't think it's quite as natural to him as central defence, so uh, central midfield. So I would prefer to see one of our recognised centre, centre-backs one of our left-sided ones, so either Hellander, who isn't fit, obviously, in Davis, um, come in and take that role. But Sands has, has, has done fine. And as, as some of the listeners are saying tonight in the comments, and I totally agree, we did very similar with Bassi last year. 
It's an interesting one, that, because I probably agree in terms of defensive mid, but I just can't see him being a defensive mid for us in terms of requirement that we've got for that role. I think he's he's neat and tidy, etc. To me, probably uh, one of the outside defenders in a back three would be perfect for him. Whenever we whenever we play that, I would agree in a, in a two. If they went two up front, for example, I think he had a bit... Was it, it wasn't necessarily a rough time last week, but maybe a rougher time. Um, sorry, the, the week before away to Union, but um, he'll maybe struggle with that when it's a pure physical contest, but um, we have to wait and see. There's lots of praise coming in for him, so um, I guess that's that. Got some interior design feedback here. Thank you, Stephen. That pendant light is terrible. I probably <laughs> like look better. My, uh, my Broxy Bear one is in the wash, but I will get right on that for you. That's outstanding. Stephen. Martin, in terms of surprises uh, in the lineup, I'm not necessarily sure Sands would be classed as a surprise. I guess overall, Davy's not playing and Sands playing as a surprise, but I think given by the manager's comments at the weekend, it was always going to be Sands that, that came back in. Um, possibly a surprise bringing Stephen Davis in, though. Um, I think in these type of European games, there has been a general school of thought that maybe the manager either doesn't think he's got the physicality for it anymore um, or he prefers the maybe the, the presence of a, a Jack or a Kamara, I'm not sure. But it was probably a surprise for him to come in. I think from the top of my head, that's maybe the first European start he's had since Sparta Prague, possibly, mm. in the manager's first game. Bit of a surprise. I thought he did very well. Um, possibly tired in the second half. Yeah. Although I think PSV's tactical changes maybe yeah. had a bit more to do with that. But you've seen the quality that it brings. We mentioned that goal, his his pass in between the fullbacks to to unleash Tav for the for the cutback for for Cholak. Exactly what he bring to the team, even at thirty seven years of age. Well, that's what you've you've been banging that drum for quite a while. That 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 the, the defensive or the the, the the midfielder that's further back isn't purely there as a destroyer, isn't purely there as cover and as a runner, uh, but that's that's really where the, the, the creativity starts. Um, and with, with the vision and a range of passing, um, Davis gives you that. Uh, he was probably the only um, big surprise on the night. Um, listen, Gio kind of fell upon um, Lundstrom and Jack. Um, it was a kind of process of elimination at that point. Things were not going well before Dortmund. Um, and he was he was chopping and changing because it's just not, it just wasn't working. He he, he decided to go with those two in, in, in Dortmund and didn't really want to, to, to kind of move from that um, because of, of where that Rangers team was at, at that time. He felt he needed to kind of belt, belt and braces. Um, I felt... That on 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 Tuesday, to give us the best hope in the tie, we had to be aggressive and and, and attacking, and we were in that first half, which meant exactly what we saw. It meant a, a midfield, or certainly one of those midfielders, um, with Lundstrom that can that, that can pass the ball, that that can break the lines. Um, so it was another brave move, and it, it overall worked. I completely agree. Uh, by an hour or seventy minutes. It was. I think it was Lundstrom that was really chasing. Um, the, the rest looked like they were they were chasing shadows. To be honest, he was the only one kind of close to to that to that change in the PSV midfield, and they really, really did look classy when 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 they they, they tweaked things. No, they absolutely did, David. Um... Cholak is, is someone I'd like to speak about because I've went through a bit of a, a journey with him myself when he was. Been rumoured to sign. Obviously, we had those games last season 
one-off games. I'm not sure you can read too much into it. There was a bit of poor defender on our side, so it's really difficult to tell how a player's going to do. But having watched a bit of him before we came, to me, I was I was of the opinion, how do we play to this guy? We've brought in Lafferty, we've brought in Itton, these type of players. Are we just going to play the same way as we play to Morelos? That's mm-hmm. not going to work. Um, how do we try and, and change things? But against Livingston, you could, it was his worst worst performance you could say, or his least involved performance. However, ever since then, um, I've been really, really impressed. I thought Tuesday night was his best performance. To me, he was man of the match. I thought he showed well in terms of link-up play, in terms of movement, uh, in terms of um, finishing, obviously. I mean, one-touch goals or seems to be his thing, similar to, to Jelovic. I, I thought he had a really, really good game. There's this obvious conundrum that that comes out that everyone is going to everyone is speaking about and going to have to speak about. He's in such a rich vein of form, but you can't not play Alfredo Morelos. So will there be a bit here? Do you think in terms of Morelos will be given time to get himself up to speed here, and then the decision will be made, or do you think over this next week when we've got two games that in theory would probably better suit a, a kind of fit and fire Morelos as a manager going to be tempted to to throw Morelos in and and give Cholak that time on the bench, which he probably doesn't deserve? Well, you pick the best team for the match. It's not a reflection on on the players. Um, you mentioned there, Stephen Davis started that match. We might not have expected that. Uh, it doesn't mean that Ryan Jack and Glenn Kamara aren't quoted. It just means that for that night, and I think it was the right decision, the manager picked Stephen Davis. Uh, and it's the same with with Morelos. What I would say about... the I've seen a lot of people say a version of, well, you know, our record goal scorers there and we've not put them on. That That's not really relevant to Tuesday night. Was he fit enough to come on and make an impact? Because in that match against the side of the quality PSV, and that was an intense match. It was played at a high tempo. If he wasn't quite, and he's been out for five months, it's a long, long time. If he wasn't quite match fit, would he have got in the middle of this hurly-burly into the pitch of the game. I've always questioned really whether Alfie's a great substitute, to be honest. I've always preferred them as a starter. There are some yep. players, Scott Arfield springs to mind, who I prefer as a substitute. I think they're brilliant mm-hmm. at coming on and getting straight to the level of the match and having an impact straight away. Um, however, if Alfie is fit, and he should be a week fitter, minimum, uh, to to play, I would be starting with him and trying to get at least a half, maybe an hour out of him. And you've got Cholak to come on then who will play really well. We know that. He's, he's in a good, rich vein of form. But it's a different type of player. It's a different type of performer. And in this match, what we're going to need is a striker who can hold the ball up, which Cholak can do to a degree. But Alfie uh, has, I think, more mobility. I think he's got a wee bit more power. Um, and he, he can occupy a defence. Although, again, I thought Cholak did that really well. But it comes down to this for me. I, I really like Joe Lack, and as you know, I was excited to sign him. I come from the 80s. If somebody plays well against Rangers, I insist we sign them. That's, you know, uh, yeah. that, that, that will always be in my DNA. But, uh, and I think the criticism at the start was over the top. Uh, as I, I, I did an article a few weeks ago, and I, I mentioned that. And then he's quite clearly a good goal scorer. He's a terrific finisher. He showed it again the other night. That was a beautiful first-time finish. And you're right, it was reminiscent of Jelovic, which is a pretty big compliment. Mm-hmm. But who's the better player? When the two of them are fit and the two of them are there, who is the better footballer? I 
I'm sorry, it's, it's Alfredo Morelos. And, and, and I would yeah. argue with anyone who tried to suggest otherwise. So given the circumstances of the match, the way we'll need to play, the type of match it's going to be, then again, if it's fit. But what I wouldn't do is pitch in a 60% or 70% Alfie, if in fact that's where he's at, um, to play in this match ahead of a fit Cholak. But how does he get fit? Morelos yeah, is not... A mer- well, you don't, he, you don't he's fit playing games. That match. Yeah, but you don't pitch him into that match to help with his fitness. So that, again, I I don't think that's relevant. Well, it's relevant to Tuesday. It's relevant to next week because we only have... It's relevant to Saturday and it's relevant to the week after, but next week on Tuesday... Ah, you play him him Saturday then. Wednesday. The game's Wednesday. Sorry. Yeah, you're sorry. You play him on Wednesday. But I, I don't think that you can pitch him into that match if he isn't fully fit because I the, totally the match agree. will pass him by. But, th- but this is the issue with... I mean, players are different. Some players will, will just get themselves ready to go um, uh, every week or, or through the week and, and, and train and whatever else. I don't think Morelos is that kind of player. I think he needs to play himself into that kind of match fitness. I, I agree the the, the kind of match next Wednesday is a Morelos type of match when you want someone to absolutely ragdoll and, and push those lines and lead that line the way he has done for us away from home in Europe. But you're not going to get 100% fit Morelos to do that. Thinking longer term, and it's, I think the manager has, you know, Adam, you said conundrum, and I, I, I think that's kind of where it is. It's not necessarily who's the best player because Morelos. I think most of us would would consider to be the better footballer, um, but it's it's solutions to problems. Now the manager last season walked into that press room so often, and the three of us know that, bemoaning the fact that you know, Rangers just didn't score enough goals, and a few of of course of those occasions we were caught out because we we dropped so many points at home. The ball was there. The ball was in that area of space that Cholak occupies very nicely. There was just no one there last season to do it. Now he appears to have found a solution to that. But he will not play them both together. He told me on Saturday and looked as if I had two heads for asking the the question. Um, So does he then provide himself with another problem um, by by keeping a a player who is notoriously unhappy at at not getting to, to, to play? Um, and I think it's going to be very interesting how, how he works that. The, the, the question isn't who's the best player. The question is more horses for courses. Yeah. But you don't have a ready-made Morelos just to, to pick up and drop in. He needs to be... He need, we know Alfie. He needs a few weeks before he is an option, really, before he's himself. So that means, by definition, that Cholak sits out because he will not, he'll not blood the two of them. And I don't mean 20 minutes here, 30 minutes here. I mean... Starting and playing at, at, um, at, at the, the the biggest proportion of the, ga- the, the game, so I think it's an interesting one how, how he manages this because in one problem he has solved that or one hand he has solved the problem from last season, but in doing that I think he's he's, he's created himself another. Yeah, it is tricky because like I completely agree, David. In terms of how important they are to the team, how we play. Marielos's performances over the last couple of years, 100%. But then you've still got those moments. Tulak could be not involved for 90 minutes and mm-hmm. you probably still fancy him to get a goal. Um, so it's just it's that balancing act. It's a really tricky one because it could be a second within a game and it's going to be a catch-22. And you know what it's like if we go out on Wednesday night and Tulak hasn't played well 
and Morelos on the bench, people will be saying, oh, Morelos should have played. Um, vice versa. If, if uh, Morelos plays... and goalkeeping situation, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, basically, we're well, always going to have that. I mean, we saw it the other night. To take that to its logical extreme, Adam, we saw that with uh, let's get Leon Balogun back. Uh, yes. Forgetting that, you know, Leon Balogun... You remember the good things, but he wasn't always excellent last season. And I mm. love him, as you guys know. I, I just thought he was a brilliant guy. Um, I, I would play Alfie Saturday. Uh, uh, Steve Stewart on on the comments saying Morelos Saturday, Cholak Wednesday. I would agree with that on, on current form and where they are and um, the respective the, the respective seasons. I would go with that. Um, I look, it's nice to have that. It's a lot better than the problem we had last season of which of the midfielders <laughs> no. will we play up front. You know that yeah, um, wasn't absolutely. a particularly nice problem. And hopefully we'll have Kamar Roof to come in and add to that equation as well. Um, it's nice to have the problem that we have. How often have we been talking about squad players? And sometimes I think we we misunderstand the term squad player. I did for years and years and years misunderstand yeah. the term squad player. But I would go, he'd do as a squad player. And it was eventually a friend of mine said to me, do you ever want him to play? And I said, well, no. Yeah. <laughs> He's no good enough. He said, well, why do you want him in the squad then? And we've had too yeah. many guys like that where they'll play if somebody's injured, but it's, oh God, I hope he doesn't have to play. In Cholak, we have somebody who you're quite happy to play because he's a goal scorer and he's going to he's going to add to that. So that is what I want us to get to, where it's it's a case of, yeah, you'll have your first pick. Every team does. Mohamed Salah at Liverpool is a first pick. But they're not exactly shitting themselves if they have to play Jota. That's what we need to get to, yeah. where, yes, you can have your number one pick, but they need to play really well. Barisic is a good example of that. I think his form has came on since we signed Yilmaz um, because he knows there's a replacement there for him. We need to get in a situation where guys can't turn around, look at the guy behind them in the queue and go, our manager's never picking him ahead of me, no matter how I'm playing. And that's what we've had for too long. I think Liverpool is a really good... Yeah, sorry. No, go for it. It's fine. Just for public record, I wasn't advocating too up front because it's not the mid nineties mm. anymore. And I, what I what I kind of hoped was, or I don't know if anyone agrees that, that that's watching and listening. I think Alfie probably does have that skill set to to play on that right hand side. It isn't another Kent. We might have to give up on looking for a right sided Kent and just Kent as our yeah. guy in there. We've got Tav anyway. I'm not sure how big a, a drama that is but someone who is as mobile Something. is as hard working um can create chaos and then you still have this this guy who only seemingly needs one touch in that that more central area who is he's going to he does a shift but it's still within a it's still within an area of the pitch he's not all over the place the way that that, that, that Alfie is it's kind of perpetual motion thing um so that that's more what I was suggesting um but I've seen a few comments uh, on on um on the the, the the side there that, that Roof and Cholak is a, a nicer combination and for the week that Roof's fit that would be a, a, a super <laughs> combination because he's he's far more intelligent um, he's far more adaptable he will play to the he's good enough to say look, well, who am I playing with whom am I playing what's the chemistry what, what's the match situation I can adapt um, but it's yeah it, it is going to be an interesting these two two big games um, because the boy's hot and that's sometimes you need to ride that streak out. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, fashion advice fashion advice from Stephen now as well. Loving the house coat. Is there nothing this this guy can, can't do? But anyway. The, um, the house, can you see my house coat in the No, he thinks that's see? a house coat, I think. Oh um, no, no, this isn't look, this is just a perfectly 
it's a jumper. Anyway. But, um, I was because uh, I, I wondered if they'd my, my coat of many colours over there. One one eighty on the camera. Um, a little bit of an underrated players special here, but I want to talk about um, John McLaughlin. Um, I'd like to talk about him, I guess, related to the set pieces, although personally I don't think he was at fault for, for either of them, but we have, ourselves, the three of us, been discussing set pieces over the last couple of days. Um, I hold my hands up, it's not something I pay huge amounts of attention to, similar to, oh, was that a penalty? Rangers defence, yeah, yeah. similar to the Rangers defence, tons of... Was, was that a penalty, was that a yellow card... Why is the ref so rubbish? Are not things that I really get myself interested in. But um, the set pieces debate has has reared its head again. I would say because this time last year it was an issue. Obviously, all those goals we were conceding under Stephen Gerrard when we went behind, quite a lot of them came from set pieces. Mm-hmm. As we moved further through um, Ross County, Hearts, etc., there are issues with clearing set pieces, not getting strong contact on on the first ball. Um, having watched it back, it rears its head again on. On Tuesday night, Martin, um, there's a really good article from Joshua, friend of the show on Rangers Review, where he talks about it possibly not necessarily being the issue with the players who are trying to head the ball. It's the players who are trying to block for whatever reason. I think it was Davis and Lundstrom. Um, At some points, there was only two players against three or four PSV players who are making that run. So the centre-half who scores the second goal, Ramalho, gets the run on Goldson. You see Goldson getting a bit of stick for it. He's in his own, he's marking his own. We can debate whether he should be marking that zone or not. But the blockers are man-marking those players and the blockers lose their man. So we're doing a mix of man-marking and zonal. But for whatever reason, that blocking aspect of it wasn't quite there on Tuesday night. And we can see particularly the second goal, I would say, from that. Yeah, and I've no interest in a kind of... Richard Keyes, Graham Souness, interminable debate about zonal marking and, and, and man marking or, or mixing and matching. Um, they all have their uh, strengths and weaknesses, but as you said, if players don't do their job within that that system and within that plan, it's going to fail. And we, we, we had no blockers at all. And if you don't have any blockers, you've got defenders on an absolute free run with all the momentum, attacking, sorry, uh, the the. the the centre sort of come up, or the, the attackers, should I say, um, who have got a free run on 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 that ball, and yet Golson does not look clever, and I'm sure um, could have done better, um, but he he's almost at a standing start uh, with someone that's got got a few a few yards of, of momentum. If the blockers aren't there, it doesn't work, and that's why I asked about the system itself. Does that need to be looked at, given? We're not a big team, um, and, and do we need to do something a, a, a wee bit different? The manager seemed to suggest no, and it would just be tweaking and improving what, what what's what's already there. Um, but yeah, there was no there was no cover provided for that that particular um, zone. So yeah, we, you know we, we never, we never played, but but it's it's basic yeah. physics. If you've got momentum running into to, yeah, to, no, to meet we, a ball, you, you've got far no bigger chance. advantage over a standard defender. If you're going to play as... any system, any defensive system, you need to do it right. And we didn't. And now on this zonal versus man marking thing, every team now, every team plays with a mix. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's people just don't debate. people just don't notice it when it's not Rangers, but literally ninety nine. Every, t- every team plays as Martin says. You've got the 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 defenders will generally take the zones, and you'll get the the, the other players are told to go and pick up men. And what happened with the second goal is nobody picked up the men um, and they just ran off. 
there were two things in there. And again, Martin, you mentioned basic basic physics. There's also basic biology. PSV were huge and we're not. Um, and that was a thing. And there were times that they were just overpowering. Uh, I mean, Kent was up against an absolute giant out in the fullback who was incredibly quick as well. And I doubt very much will spend his whole career in Holland. Um, he, he looked top quality. Um, but yes, uh, I, if you are going to play this system, and as I say, 95% of teams currently do play that system, then you have to be good at it, at least, which means that you don't allow guys, as Martin said, to get a three, four yard run up, clear, unimpeded. You know that playing, you know, school football, it's if somebody's yep. running towards the ball, step in front of him, you know, don't foul him, but make sure that he, he, he can't do that because he'll build up the momentum and be able to have a, a clear leap, which is exactly what happened. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a case of I understand that we are going to play that way. But be better at it, you know, be better. The first goal is where I would have a go at Goldson. And I'll be honest, I don't think Goldson's played particularly well this season so far. He was the same last season and he grew into the season. So maybe it'll be that again. But um, I don't know what he's trying to do with the header. If you look at the way he sort of leans down, and even if he heads it, he just heads it down into the box. Even if it doesn't hit yeah. someone, it's not going to go very far because there's no power or anything in it. He's just putting a head to it. So I think that was his error. Um, but the second the one assist. I just thought was... That was a lovely assist, yeah, unfortunate assist, but it was. But the second one was a, just a collective failure of the system, yeah. So I would contend with the second one. Uh, CGM 55 has said we're quite a small team. PSG had a few units playing. I, I would contend if you are a smaller team, then you probably want to do that blocking thing because it's going to be easier to block someone on the ground physically just literally by standing in front of them, like you said, rather than... Ryan Kent going up for a, a header with, with Tezzy. So I would contend that makes sense, but for whatever reason, we didn't have enough players blocking. Um, I'd have to watch it back again in more detail to understand exactly why, where everybody else was, etc. On that first one, yeah, I completely agree. Goldson is probably still in the zone that he should be in, but for whatever reason, he, he, he makes that two steps backwards and he's then off balance. He's never going to get enough on that header to do what he needs to do. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing with it. Just trying to go and win it to, to get contact on it. I don't know, but it ends up like it does. Whenever something like that happens and you don't get good, clean first contact, it's an absolute lottery when the ball drops in that six-yard box. Unfortunately, I think it's actually a ricochet off a PSV player and it falls to Sangari. One of those ones, it's a poor, it's a poor decision from Goldson, 100%. Um, Martin McLaughlin then, as I, as I started to mention there, I don't think there's much blame can be laid on him for, for either of the goals, but... Another two important stops followed mm. up from from the one against USG when I think we were th- were we two 0 up three 0 up possibly. Um, another good stop. They aren't they aren't the top corner wonder saves that we're maybe used to from Alan McGregor, but that's three pretty decent one on one stops that he's had. There's been question marks I think around his short stopping for whatever reason, probably because he's not really had that many to save. People are saying not really seen much evidence of it, but I, I thought. He was decent. He's he's work on the ball for me is really really good. That we mentioned that build up play. He did really well with Sands and Lundstrom. I've noticed the crowd starting to die down a little bit with the ooh ooh ooh. Even even in the second half where he's playing the ball to the edge of the box and it's coming back to him and he's putting it through to Lundstrom. He is good at it. He's maybe not up there with with the elite, but he's very very good at it. He's out in build up play, but on the more shot stopper side of the game, I think he had another good game. He did on the. He is getting better, or the, the, let's, the fans are more comfortable, as you mentioned, um, and, and confident in him uh, with the ball at his feet. 
be far better at that than, than McGregor. I don't think there's there's any doubt about that. And that's how we're going to play. Um, and that, that that's that's just that. You're absolutely right. Uh, maybe why, why he doesn't have this kind of uh, showreel of of great saves is that they, they usually happen when the keepers you know rooted to their line and they're waiting for that shot to come in. Now that yeah. that the, the the chance in the second half with that incredible um, Veerman pass that sometimes you just got to hold your hand up and say yeah he's, he's cut his open there with just a brilliant piece of vision and, and um, execution. If he stays. And the boy is a shot, and he makes a remarkable kind of McGregor esque stop. Then that that goes down as as a save. You mentioned that he 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 kind of stopped that ball rather than than, than saved. It. I think that's really it's probably a better way of describing it. I'm not yeah. sure it was a save. It was the anticipation. It was the quickness of thought and and execution to get out there and smother and 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 just stop the chance from from turning into a a, a good one. And it's that anticipation. It's that. Um, keeper being proactive, coming off the line to snuff out the danger rather than mm. staying here and say, right, have a go. And now McGregor is a fantastic short stopper. And he, he, he was, he probably still could be, of course. Um, but you're, you're you're playing the lottery there. You you, you really are playing with, playing with the percentages. If if someone can find yeah. the corner from from that that kind of um, angle, they can't find the corner if the keeper's there. Yeah. After you know. 1.5 seconds or whatever it is, but you know, between being coming out, and that's that's a big, big um thing. Like, the, 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 we we have a legend leaving or now in the background, which I'm, I'm not entirely convinced is the the, the, the the most ideal situation. Fans struggle with that, all right. And McLaughlin isn't showbiz, he's not a spectacular. And fans will still pine for those those kind of glory moments. Christ, there's probably fans that still think Chris Woods could could do a job, um, and, and they're ahead. Of, just standing there, just standing yeah, there. yeah. Um, but I think there are other aspects to John McLaughlin's game that are not as headline grabbing, as noteworthy, um, as shareable and clippable, and um, you know they turn into memes or whatever. He doesn't have the personality that 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 um, Griggsy had. Um, and therefore doesn't get the um, the that that kind of conversation. But Christ, what he can do is is vital, and it's what we've not had, which is that proactive um, sensing danger, stopping danger. It's an interesting point because that's one that you probably can't quantify. If it comes off, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Craig Robbery Harrison has said on YouTube, I'd always rather a keeper not have to make wonder saves. The comparison that probably comes to mind there, not in terms of quality, before anybody says anything, is. You think about Allison and Ederson. Most people would say Allison is the better keeper. However, I think that is down to the way that Liverpool defend. The way that they defend so high and so risky, they always give up a chance. You've seen the yeah, Zaha. They do, yeah. Yeah. Um, was it Zaha during the week? Have I got that right? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. They, yeah. They, give up, they give up that chance because of how aggressive they are and Allison makes those saves. I couldn't tell you the last time I seen a showreel of Ederson making a, a worldie, to be honest, but... He's obviously a very, very good keeper, but he is the absolute polar opposite um, in terms of how good he is with the ball at his feet. David, before we move on to to previewing um, the Hibs game, indulge me for a second, but how are your balls? Do I have to do this? Just asking a question. Right. Okay, right. Um, Folks, as you might know, for reasons that escape my understanding, um, Manscaped.com continually come back to us for ball-shaving adverts for their ball shaving products. I never thought it would take off because I assumed that all of you, you know, good good Presbyterian people that 
stock that that most of us, everyone, anyone, but most of us come from, um, would would not do that sort of unpleasantness and would let our our downstairs topiary run free as nature intended. But um, I've been wrong, and a lot of you apparently are walking about with testicles that look like me and Martin stood next to each other at Ibrox. <laughs> and that's brilliant because it is hot, it is the summer, you'll be glad. I'd let it grow for the winter if it was me. I mean, like, again, like men on, see when I'm standing on the post, because you know I believe in, in being on the post, you could lose a badger under my trousers, right? I mean, that's that's the situation. But if you want to shave them, you don't want to be doing it with a razor blade. Jesus, you don't want to be doing it with a razor blade. Do it with Manscaped. It's a brilliant product. I use it on my nose hair and on my ear hair. Uh, it works very well on that. I assume, therefore, it's going to do very well doing there. Uh, no chance am I ever finding out. But if you are that type of person, and the young folk, Martin, the young folk. They oh, they're into this. Oh, they're into this. Um, the young folk are all walking about, and they're all like, hey, last chicken in Sainsbury's. Um if you like that, you get 20% off and free shipping. You go to manscaped.com and you use the code RANGERS. I asked them not to use the code RANGERS because Bill Struth will be spinning in his grave. But they use the code RANGERS. So go to manscaped.com and there, if you, you know, and I suppose it's a talking point at parties, isn't it? If you just say, here, what do you think of that then? Somebody goes, oh, it's quite quite hairless that is and you go yeah yeah um so i mean if if, if that's what you're into 20 percent off go to manscaped.com um i am convinced that all of you got together and decided to order one of these a week so that they keep coming back to do this i really am well judging by the comments everybody is a huge fan of either your balls or the live adverts or the product itself so that is fantastic okay let's let's move on shall we so sorry just before we finish PSV then on Wednesday. I know we'll preview it more on on the flagship, David. But um, that debate you mentioned earlier on uh, around we've not been good away from home. Yes, of course, in isolation, those games haven't been very good. We haven't. So I'm had blushing. To... <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely am. I can see that. I'm blushing. Right. Oh. Go on. Um, sorry. We haven't had to win those games away from home, so I always feel like it's it's tough to judge in this situation that we're in. Um, we have to go there, obviously, and get. Um, a victory, whether it's in yeah. 90 minutes, extra time, or, or a penalty shoot victory, that should change the thinking, you would imagine. I can't see, for example, Gio going out with the USG away lineup uh, in the game next week. Um, bizarrely, and it's another little quirk, probably worth mentioning, he was more attacking at home to PSV than he was at home to Kilmarnock. I'm really struggling <laughs> to figure out. I'm really struggling to figure out the complexities of this, but um, we'll let it slide as long as we're getting relatively decent results. But in terms of that next week, it's going to be a one-off game. I assume he's going to treat it like that. And that's yeah. why I think this away record possibly doesn't have the relevance that people are, are kind of attaching to it. No. Um, first first things first, Adam. I don't, I don't think Hibs have played well at all this season. I don't think they've settled slightly. I saw them early in the, the League Cup group stage um, a couple of matches. And of course, they went out rather shockingly. Premiership teams are not supposed to go out uh, at that at that round, um, but as Martin said to me last week, you can throw all the previous performances in the bin because they'll give, you know, it'll be a battle. Um, they'll be bang up for it and they'll be right in our faces. So will the manager therefore look ahead to Tuesday uh, to Wednesday night and maybe wrap a couple of players in cotton wool for that that match? I, I think it's likely. I think that you are likely to see that. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if someone like Kent, for example, 
didn't start the match at the weekend. Um, because it is going to be a tough match. And the thing is, look, of the two matches, it's pretty obvious that the second one is the more important at the moment. Um, I think when we go over there, we have to be careful. We can't go. They will come out at us in the opening 20. Their crowd will be bang up for it. And if you remember when we played Red Star and we were, of course, in a better position, the opening half an hour of that match was brutal. They scored early and the crowd went absolutely insane. Yeah, we were really and ropey. We were very ropey. And I think if there's any hint of that, so you have to, but you've you've still got to balance that with carrying a threat because otherwise a team like PSV will be quite confident to just stand. If there's nothing coming behind them, they'll just stand on the halfway line and you'll have, yeah. you know, basically everyone bar the goal, their goalkeeper in our half. And that can lead to the old Scottish hot potato mistakes, ball being given away um, and conceding a goal. You need to have the goal threat. You need to have Ryan Kent carrying the ball. You need to have the forward holding it when it goes up to winning free kicks, bringing us out. Uh, it's very important that we can do that and we can work the ball out. So, yeah, I think of the two matches, you'll see with, with Hibs, I think you will see a change side. Uh, I think there will be a look ahead to... To Wednesday night, and I think Wednesday night you will see certainly initially a mode. I wouldn't be, I genuinely wouldn't be stunned if we saw the Lundstrom Jack Kamara midfield on Wednesday night, certainly at the start. Martin, just before we move on to, to Hibs briefly, then Craig Rubery Harrison makes what I think is quite a good point. Um, he thinks we're in a better position at two each. If we were in it at two one, Gio would be more inclined to sit in. Um, I don't know about that. Um, I guess in a one-off game, which we, we need to wait and see. But ultimately, yes, he's got no option now. There's there's no debate there. He can't he can't sit in for a, a draw because it's not going to get us through. So it's interesting. He will. He is going to have to do something probably different to how we have approached most of the away European games this calendar year, with the exception of of Dortmund. Not with the exception of Dortmund, it is a completely different scenario. We haven't faced this. We haven't faced a second leg away from home. Um, with the, with parity, I kind of understand where Craig's coming from there. That you, if we we had something to hold on to, uh, that we would well, we would start with that default position with backs to the wall and 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 you know conserve what you have uh, and and see how long we last. Uh, both managers, if you're to take them at their word on Tuesday night after the game, it's a cup final. It may be played in Holland, but it, it's a cup final and you're probably going to see much of the same. You asked why we were more attacking against PSV than against Kilmarnock, Adam, because well, we had space to be attacking. We, we knew we could we could do that. Um, it was a game of patience against Kilmarnock because you, Austin Johnson, or, because you know kind of what you're, you're, you're going yeah. to get for those first 20 minutes, half an hour. So we, you just have to play that kind of game. So, yeah, um, I, I'm very interested because we're, we've not been here with Gio. Um, and it's it's funny with the way goals being taken away because Tuesday night means absolutely absolutely nothing apart from bookings. Tuesday night has no relevance, and that yeah, that's, that's it's kind of weird. So my concern about the way Rangers, this Rangers team, I can't remember the last time we started well away from home. I can't remember the last time we actually started the game started well, even, though, stop, yeah. even on Tuesday it took us just a wee bit of time just to kind of play our way in um, and that's dangerous it's risky because if they can start well the game could be done in half an hour so Gio mentioned in the press conference on Tuesday that there were some nails but those are out the way now 
as if this game next Wednesday is played automatically and, you know, there's no time to think about it and reset and, um, you know, think about what's on what's on the line, what's at stake. Um, so I'm not overly convinced that we're just going to start with a bang and it's just going to be 90 minutes of absolutely end-to-end um, stuff. I, I, I can only go on the evidence that's available, a whole mountain of it, which is Rangers start tentatively, especially away from home. Even that game in Dortmund could easily have been 1-2-0 though before we get that penalty because we were quite we were just feeling it, you know? Mm-hmm. We were scratching around and, and, and just playing our way into the game. Sometimes you, you don't have the time to play yourself in the game and that would be my biggest fear for for, for next week, but it's uncharted territory for us. As Gio makes, he makes some interesting comments around the two-legged games you mentioned there about it being being out of the way. He's also said before, by the time the second leg comes, we know the team that we're playing a lot better because we've actually played against them. And mm. obviously, he has a completely he has had a completely different tactical plan from first leg to second leg in every game. So I think we'll wait and see what he brings in. We do have Hibs to get out of the way first, David. Um, they're maybe not the best version of themselves in terms of the players that they've got. I don't know if they've had a terrible start. If um, Drew Hibbs beat St. Johnson and, and lost to Livingston um, away, it's been an average start. However, yeah. it's one of these, and I hate the, I hate the phrase, but almost like the form book goes out the window for um, for us going to Hibbs. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get yes. them being in your face, Martin Boyle on the wing. It is going to be a challenge. With that in mind for Wednesday night, what do we see in terms of players coming in? We've mentioned Morelos. The obvious examples are maybe Jack coming in. Do we go Davis and Yelmaz coming in as well? What do you think in terms of changes with obviously the focus on winning the game, but possibly one eye on Wednesday? I think you will see changes because of that, yes. Um, because look, you know, it's Rangers, any defeat is a crisis. We know that, but you can recover from this. You you can't recover your Champions League place if, if we lose to PSV. So, of course, that, that game will be the one that gets the attention. Um, I think you will see. I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if Yelmaz got pitched in, to be honest, um, given that it's, it's quite a tough play. You know, he didn't play him last week at home to St. Johnson, which you would think would be the more um, straightforward fixture. So I'd, I'd be surprised to see him. Davis, no, it wouldn't surprise me if he came into the side. Um, the midfield will, will change a bit. I think actually looking at the midfield on Saturday will give us a good idea of the midfield on on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, I could see Kent drop into the bench. I could see Matondo, for example, coming in um, for this match. So, yeah, it'll be, it will be done with one eye, I think, on that. As it has to be, you, you have to balance. You have to look ahead to the fixtures. Um, but it's Rangers, we have to win, um, especially against a side that aren't in the best of form. You mentioned those games. Uh, they beat St. Johnston, um, which was fair enough, decent enough start. But they did, as I mentioned earlier, go out the League Cup really disappointingly, really yeah. poorly. They they got an equaliser against Hearts. So, you know, fair enough, they got a point um, and it was a good story for them. But that, you then thought, would act as a, a bit of a springboard. They had Martin Boyle back, which looked a good, really good bit of business for them. Um, and they scored, uh, you know, and, and you thought they would carry that momentum and then they lose at Livingston. Um, so it, it's a typical Hibs side that is it's something we've seen in recent seasons a lot from Hibs, which is they bring in a new manager, they tend to have a massive turnaround of players, each window, never mind every summer, each window, and there's a lot of new faces there and there's a lot of people that are maybe we don't know an awful lot about, we haven't seen very much of them yet. But that will all go out the window. It's a free hit for them. Their crowd will be buying up for it. The expectation isn't high, but if they can get something, then you know 
the yeah. praise that comes in will be will be huge for them. So uh, it, it's an opportunity for Hibs in a way, maybe more so than if they were playing, you know, a, a St Mirren at home that they're expected to go and win that match fairly straightforwardly. Um, we should be better than them. It's that simple. We've got better players. We should be better than them. But we'll have to compete. We will have to make not make any silly errors, um, and we'll also have to be. Uh, I, I think you know quite. Uh, you know, very much in charge of the midfield and you can remove the energy from Easter Road because their fans do tend to get on at their team when things aren't going well. So uh, I think that dominant in midfield is is very much key to that. Um, I expect us to win. We should win. But again, we know that if our level drops or if we put in a half-hearted performance or if we have too much of an eye on... Wednesday night, then Hibs yeah. can take advantage of that. They absolutely can. Martin, anyone you'd like to see coming in? There's a lot of a lot of shouts from Matondo, Morelos, obviously Ben Davies, uh, a few shouts there. Anyone in particular that you think um, would be suited for this game that hasn't played? I, I I'd like to see Matondo in there. Um, Hibs, Easter Road, any of the other away tricky away games in Scotland. Um, the the, the the pattern's pretty simple. If we over overestimate the battle and we get too dragged into what they're going to give us, and they are going to give us, we need to be prepared for that. The new boys need to be prepared for that. They, they need to be well-versed in terms of what, what's going to happen. But when we struggle um, away from home at these places, it's because we allow the game to go to their level. Yes. When we have had so much joy at Easter Road... Yep. Um, it's because we've just gone and, and played football with, you know, the willingness and readiness to to stand up um, to what's coming from the, the stands, literally in some cases, um, and what, what's what's on the park. Um, but but we've seen some really good moments at Easter Road. We've seen some absolute horror shows as well over the last few years. Mm-hmm. But but some that that Friday night before Christmas a few years ago, for example, um, where we just go out and. And, and blow them away. They're not a good team. They're going to be rabid and they're going to be absolutely in the face. But um, we, we should have players to be able to hurt them. When the game gets dragged down the way it did at Livingston for that, that first half, mm. to the, the level of the, the, the home team is when yeah. Rangers get struggle and the games are turgid or they're weak. I would not have, have Yilmaz anywhere near this, this fixture, to be honest. Um, and uh, yeah, Matondo's only one. I, I, I'm not sure there'll be that much in the way of change. To be honest, this is huge. We can't. We, we need to win this title. We, we can't afford to be three points behind. And given, given the run of fixtures, our block, our first block, is not pretty. Easter no. Road, Tynecastle, Parkhead, Pitodry coming in the next five six weeks. We can't afford to. I will catch catch that up later. We just we cannot be chasers. See, this is the interesting thing as well, though, because we're talking about bedding players in, new mm. signings, bringing them back from injury. There's no scope. I mean, yeah. We've got what, Queen, Queen of the South in, in two weeks yeah. um, at Ibrooks. And Kilmarnock and St Johnston that they've just passed those. those yeah, like, games. Ross yeah, County I, coming up in, 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 in next Saturday at, as well. Home, yeah, the these are, that's the kind of games I totally agree to bed players in. And Mum's right about, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that if you look at the two games unemotionally, then... Wednesday's the biggest one, but we can't do that because we're Rangers and we absolutely yeah. can't. We know what will happen if we, we don't win on Saturday. Never mind lose. If we don't win, then we know that it's it's full-blown crisis mode. Um, but also, 
we have to put down markers at that old fashioned thing. But I think for the self belief of the fans as well, you know, and everyone around the club, you have to say, yes, we can go to Easter Road and get a win. And and hopefully a good win and a routine win. Yes, we can go to Tynecastle and get a win. Because otherwise I think the, the the club and by that I mean the players, the fans, everyone, we build these away trips into something that they shouldn't be. Yeah. We build yeah. them into being these enormous challenges. Um and I think that was for example something Gerard and he's opened he's opened a few seasons was bad for where he would he would talk up a, a, a trip. Yep. He would talk up a trip as if it was, you know, huge. The the they are, you know, they, they can be tough, but they can only be tough if we consent to them being tough. And by that, what I mean is if we allow, as Martin said, the game to be played that we don't want to play. If we go out and we should be always good enough to dictate with the side that we currently have, we should always be good enough to go out and say, yeah, they might have spells in the match, but we'll have 70, 80 minutes of it. And we're more than capable of dealing with these spells. Um, and if we do that, we'll, we'll run at comfortable winners. If we get dragged in into a battle, if we react, if we, you know, start getting into trying a kind of war of attrition, that'll be a completely different tie. Okay, I think that'll do us for tonight. Before my light fades on me, and I just look like a even more of a ghost than I am. Um, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, Facebook, etc., as you can see by the ticker down the bottom, heartandhand.co.uk forward slash Patreon. If you haven't signed up, then please think about it. You can get up to five podcasts per day from uh, as little as one ninety nine per month. So please do. There are no ball shaving adverts on Patreon. So nope. if anything, there's an incentive no there to go over. Okay, Martin, thank you once again for joining me. It was a pleasure. Uh, pleasure, mate. David, thank you. Thank you, and can I just uh, give a shout out to our executive producer in London, Mike Lee and Paul Miles, and also to tell you that we will be appearing live, and it's the three of us, but with somebody a lot younger, handsomer, and with more medals. Kevin Thompson will be playing the British Legion Hall in Dunfermline. You can buy tickets if you go to ticketsource.co.uk, or if you look on the Heartland website or on my social media feed, you can find uh, the, the, the tickets there. So come out. It's always a brilliant night. Uh, we're down to the last few returns, really, so it's going to be a cracking atmosphere. And, of course, Kev, wonderful storyteller and uh, always uh, very insightful on all things Rangers. So come along and see us. And as I say, don't be put off by the looks of us. There's, there's somebody far younger and handsomer appearing. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure he's younger than me, but he's definitely more handsome and more medals. He's definitely handsomer and he does, have mo- he does have more medals, I'm afraid that those yeah, are unarguable, mate, sorry. Just before we go, I know it's live and for those of you who are listening tomorrow, I'm sure it will happen, but Rangers women are, are 2-1 up away to Ferencvaros uh, in the Champions League. Um, 15 minutes to go, so fingers crossed they can hang on for that one. Once again, apologies if we hadn't read your comment out. There are literally hundreds to get to, but hopefully we cover everything. Um, thank you all once again for the support. Uh, it's really much appreciated and we'll speak to you soon. Podcast Network.